Welcome to the Marketplace Missionary Podcast. My name is Donnie Swanepoel. I'm here with my good friend Kai Jeans and our special guest today, Bill Reed. I met Bill about four years ago at a, at a church event, and from that day, uh, just spent a lot of time with Bill. Um, he's a former executive at Riceland, and then from Riceland, he transitioned into starting his own counseling business. And so, Kai, how did you, how did you meet Bill? So I met Bill when I first moved to Little Rock. I was looking for a D group. I was working nights, and um, then Bill sent me a text, and he was like, hey, can you make Thursday nights work? And uh, I was like, yeah, I'll see you there. And uh, it was just me, Bill, and another guy starting a D group, and uh, that's pretty. it's our D group that we're in now. So that's how I met Bill. He uh, was gracious enough to, you know, go out of the normal schedule of Sunday, Wednesday, start a Thursday night D group, and it's what we have today. So really thankful for Bill. I'm glad to have you on today. Yeah, Bill, thank you for being here today. We're super, super excited to hear more about you. And then hearing how you have integrated your faith into your work at Riceland, but then also post-Riceland, how does that look like for you today? So if you don't mind, I'm going to share just a little bit about who you are and your upbringing. Okay. Well, I grew up in the mountains of East Tennessee, a little town of about 1,700. Uh, actually lived about a mile from town in the, in the country. Uh, coal mining town. Frankly, it's kind of poor, blue-collar town. Um, but it was a great place to grow up uh, because we could run all over town and at that point, and, and we did with, with bicycles. Uh, <laughs> my grandparents were actually subsistent farmers. Uh, they grew what the, the nine kids ate, uh, and they did that until uh, they couldn't quite feed them all, so they moved to town, uh, bought a little grocery store. Uh, Dad grew up, had an eighth-grade education, mm. Uh, my mom had a uh, high school uh, diploma, and one thing they beat into us was, uh, you're going to go to college, and you're going to get a job, and you're not going to struggle like we are, because they got married at the beginning of the Depression and had a child, wow. trying to figure out how they're going to feed uh, the baby. So uh, the focus that I had uh, from, from early years was education and and a job growing up did you did you have a good relationship with your mom and dad what what did that relationship look like uh i would call it typical of the time uh it was uh you know it it was post-world war ii uh baby boomer type situation where uh there there were four of us kids uh spread out literally over 20 years. I was the last, so as I say, I was the bonus baby. <laughs> uh, but uh, it, it was the type of thing where uh, Dad started a, a, a business, uh, a heating fuel business. Uh, we were taken to church on Sunday. Um, he, he worked hard, uh, generally six days a week. Mm. Um, mother took care of the home. At that time, it was a lot like work uh, because it, uh, it, we did not have the conveniences, conveniences that we have now. So it, it was uh, what I would call a normal childhood. Uh, and the thing about childhood, for most of us, whatever we experience, we consider normal. I would say the family uh, was uh, more outward-focused than inward focused mm-hmm. um, and, and so 
we did not have people in the house. It, it, it just wasn't that period of life uh, in the area. So uh, uh, they, they were very much uh, caring for us. In fact, uh, I would say uh, dad would, would define parenting by, uh, by getting the four kids uh, housed, fed, clothed, and educated. Mm. And that, that would have been his definition of parenting. And, and that was a pretty good definition for that uh, season of life uh, in, in which they were, uh, they were living, which I grew up in. Right. Sounds like you were exposed to kind of faith from a young age. You know, you mentioned going to church. So what did that kind of spiritual journey for you look like? And then at what point did that had become personal for you. Okay. Uh, we did go. Uh, we were taken to church. In fact, I remember one of the vivid memories I had is sitting next to my grandmother, who always looked old to me. Uh, she was probably 65 at the time, but she had the, the hair rolled up in a bun. Her hair was never cut. Uh, and, uh, and on Sunday, she would have uh, rouge on her cheeks and a hat and gloves on. And I would sit next to her and chew tea berry chewing gum oh. that, that she would give me. And so that, that's a vivid memory of early, early church. But uh, we were involved in, in, uh, in everything going on, Bible school, choir and I was nine years old when uh, I realized that I was a sinner Mm. and that there was one hope for me and that was that was Jesus and that Jesus saved me when I was nine now I knew virtually nothing else in fact I knew nothing else for years Uh, and, uh, and and little deposits along the way made sense to me uh, I did I did have the uh, understanding that uh, being a Christian meant being a good kid mm-hmm. and uh, I looked like a good kid on a lot of occasions but not every occasion right and uh, and realized uh, later on it's really not being good to be a Christian. Mm. Uh, if you're a Christian, that then leads to uh, a lifestyle that reflects Christ. So along that line, I, I really just want our audience to know, especially like, you know, you're not saved by works, and that kind of sounds like what you're saying. It's like through faith. So was there like a moment like in your childhood where you were like, okay, like what was that transition from okay, yeah, I want to be good, like I'm following the Lord, like was there a certain moment that happened that like clicked that, like okay, it's just following the Lord, like in a relationship? Well, uh, I would like to say it was childhood, but it wasn't. It was actually early adulthood. Uh, We had little offering envelopes that we uh, took to church every, every week, and it had squares on the side of it, and if you read your Bible every day, you got to check that square, and if you if you uh, put money in the envelope for your, your offering, you got to check that square. And if you came on Sunday night, you checked that square. And, 
And so I was very much a, a square checker mm. um, because I, I th that that was what I thought I was supposed to do. Uh, but in all honesty, it was uh, when I was about uh, 24 years old, uh, we had, Janice and I had moved to Little Rock, Arkansas, and both of us actually had had uh, the flu on the same weekend, and we turned on a, uh, a TV uh, program from Emanuel Baptist Church in Little Rock, Arkansas, and heard W.O. Vaught teach Romans 8 and 1, mm. that there is no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. And I'm sure I had read that before, but I had never understood what no meant. And it means no condemnation. <laughs> uh, and that started us on a path where uh, we, we were being taught four different book studies, uh, Bible book studies a week uh, by Dr. Vaught, who uh, taught exegetically, word by word, learned a lot of Greek words at the time, uh, started understanding scripture to the full. So I would say that's when it really changed my life uh, because I, I had a greater understanding of, of uh, what, what God's love through, through Christ's death did for me. That's beautiful. So kind of high school... What did that look like for you? Were you did you play any sports? Uh, kind of walk us through just kind of the, the high school season in your life because oh. I'm, I'm real curious to learn more about that. Uh, the Rebel Bill. Kind of. We tell have us about never talked about high school very much. Uh, uh, we we had a large high school. I mean, the, the town was 1,700 people, and we had 500 in in high school. But we had wow. We had kids that would <laughs> would ride the school bus 30 miles to uh, school, uh, which was a long, long way. Uh, high school, uh, it, it, it was a, a small town. We didn't have a lot of stellar athletes, and I hope none of them are listening to this. <laughs> uh, and and I was, uh, I was what, what was termed then a husky kid. Okay, so define that for us. That means that was means I was short and fat. Uh, so <laughs> Dude, I, I just learned a new American word. Yeah. Oh, you never husky. heard husky? No. Oh, I wore husky <laughs> jeans. And I, yeah. I thought that was manly. It, it just meant I was fluffy fat. Uh, but uh, I, my, my brother and sister uh, had been in the band. And so uh, in the sixth grade, I started in the band. And in seventh grade, I started marching in the high school band. Uh, and so I was in the high school band two years of junior high, then four years of, of high school. And frankly, uh, band was one of our tickets out of town mm -hmm. because we would do uh, uh, marching contests, concert contests, really all over the southeast. And so uh, when you're in the, the hills of, uh, of, of Rocky Top, Tennessee, getting a chance to go to Bristol, Virginia, or Gadsden, Alabama, or Chattanooga, Tennessee, that, that was a big deal. So it was the band that, that got us out, plus um, an, an organization called 4-H Club. 4-H uh, is uh, uh, an organization to, uh, to teach um, 
agricultural uh, information uh, through project work, but then also taught citizenship, leadership, and public speaking. Mm. And that was one of the things I got involved in literally as a nine-year-old and, uh, and followed that through uh, to college. Uh, and it became very, uh, very uh, integral to my development and then what I did in college. Okay, we have to know what instrument did you play? Because one, I cannot see you as a band guy, Kyle. I don't know about you, but. <laughs> I thought you were gonna say you were the quarterback. But yeah, like, yeah, that's, that's what I was expecting. <laughs> yeah, no, my, my best buddy, Johnny, was the, was the quarterback. Uh, but uh, I played the trombone. Okay. And, uh, and I have a very wide uh, musical interest. Uh, I, I love all kinds of music, almost. Uh, there's some now that I can't quite understand the words, uh, so I don't know. I don't know about that, but uh, but yeah, played the play the trombone. Had a had a solo. There aren't many solo trombone parts. Uh, it, it's not like a trumpet where right. it's often the lead. But uh, I will say that uh, I, I still love uh, drum and bugle corps, and our band was a drum and bugle corps band. Uh, every every year. Uh, the, the high school band director at Stuttgart and I go to uh, Drums Across America or uh, here in Little Rock and then I've got a brother-in-law who actually played the drums in, in the band uh, back in Knoxville uh, and, and we go spend a day watching Drum and Bugle Corps. That's incredible. Uh, which is uh, a lot of fun and learned a lot of lessons uh, anticipating uh, the, the importance of team Mm. that every member of, of a band, in our case, we, we had about 100 members, every member has got to be on the, on the team doing the same thing or it doesn't work. Uh, that was an important concept that really has followed me uh, throughout my life. One band, one sound, right? One band, one sound, hopefully. I, I really like it. I like the hopefully if I was in the <laughs> band. Um, everyone that knows me, my rhythm is awful. So, uh, well, the, <laughs> the, biggest, the biggest thing is knowing your left foot from your right foot. Uh, mm -hmm. that, that is really key. And for some people, they really struggle with that. I was about to say, I feel like that's my struggle every day. So, um, going into college, Bill, like what did the uh, transition like into college? Like, where'd you go to school? What did you study? Like, what did that look like? Well, actually, the transition started my senior year of high school. Um, my brother is a really good student. Um, he, he was valedictorian of the school. My uh, sister that's, that's nearest my age, she's just really, really bright. Uh, didn't have to study a whole lot. Uh, and then here came Bill. And Bill was neither a very good student nor excessively bright. <laughs> I, I was a good B student until the uh, last semester of, of high school. And for some reason, nobody told me or I did not hear that I was supposed to be in class on Fridays <laughs> uh, my last semester. I, I wasn't just skipping school, I was just off doing, doing other things, working on 4-H projects or, or, or working on, on band stuff. I, I just... <laughs> wasn't in class and really wasn't worried a whole lot about it. But when the grades came out, uh, I dipped below a 3.0 average, which meant I got kicked out of the National Honor Society, which uh, they called it Beta Club mm -hmm. at the time. 
And that did not please the uh, chairman of the school board who would be signing my diploma. And the chairman of the school board, who at the time was my dad, uh, with the eighth grade education, who said, boy, you're going you're gonna to go to college, <laughs> you're going to get education. That did not go down well. Uh, but I, I, I did have a, a, a man in my life, actually my 4-H leader, who uh, said, what are you, you going to do? What are you going to study? I wanted to be a high school biology teacher. I loved, loved plant science, loved biology. Uh, we, we had a huge garden. Uh, I had a greenhouse operation where I sold bedding plants. And, and so uh, he said, I, I said, I want to I wanna be a high school biology teacher. That was, the, that was the biggest occupation I could think of. Mm. Here again, we're, we're in the mountains. There aren't a lot of opportunities. Um, and he said, if you don't want to do that, you need to go to the University of Tennessee. And I said, well, what do I study i had no clue and he said economics so i enrolled at ut uh, I, I, I had grades just enough to get in and uh, started economics and after the first term my advisor uh, said we need to have prayer meeting <laughs> and uh, so we we got together and he said you know uh, I'm not sure economics is your thing because you can't do math. And math is pretty important in economics. And I said, okay, now I don't know quite what to do. He said, well, why don't you go to plant science because that's what you know. I said, okay. And so I, uh, I went to, uh, to uh, the plant science department, got transferred over. Uh, it, it was just second nature I mean it was it was pretty easy it was pretty interesting uh, plant genetics was the going thing and I, I loved uh, doing genetic testing and and crossing varieties that that was really what I was focused on but then I got a I actually got a scholarship my uh, after my junior year of college with a with a seed company in Illinois and with that scholarship, I got to uh, go to go to this seed company and be an intern for the summer. Well, they they said, "Well, where do you want to work?" And I said, "Well, the genetics lab. That's what I'm all about." And they said, "Well, you know, we've watched you through this process, and we'd like to put you in our marketing department." I said, "Why?" <laughs> they said, "Well, that's we just see that that's what you're good at." And no one had ever told me that before. And I said, it's your money, so I'll do it. And, uh, and so I worked in marketing for the summer and, and just had a ball and decided that uh, I needed education in that area. And so after I uh, got my degree in plant science, uh, much to the chagrin of the chairman of the department, because he was expecting me to go to Georgia and do peanut research, uh, I ended up going to the University of Wisconsin and uh, got a degree in, uh, in agricultural journalism, which is just journalism but focused on agriculture issues. So I went from the genetics lab to doing TV news, radio news, uh, uh, writing, uh, all kinds of journalism 
expression through mass media, a complete turnaround. And it was, it was, it was that season that prepared me for a, a job in, in agricultural communication. Um, Janice and I had, had gotten married two weeks before we moved to Wisconsin. It's cold up there. It, it was very cold. And so in January, when the recruiting war started, as we call it, uh, she drew a line on the map and said, anywhere south of this line, <laughs> but we're not staying up here because it was really cold. And so uh, the first offer I got was uh, from uh, University of Arkansas uh, to be uh, stationed in Little Rock. And so that's how we, that's how we got to Arkansas. Heck yeah, I, I really like it. Thanks for thanks for sharing all that, Bill. So throughout the change, I mean, it sounds like you went all over the world almost, um, all for the means of agriculture, which I can respect. You know, small town sure. kid as well. Um, so, how did your faith integrate into like making those decisions? Like, was that a factor? Like, what was that aspect throughout all this? Moving from Tennessee, Wisconsin. That's a good point because I think a lot of young guys feel like they have to perfectly live by God's will and I think I've struggled with that personally so kind of did you kind of consult God's will did you know what God's will was kind of how, how did back to Kai's point what did that look like for you how did you make that decision oh I I, I would love to tell you that uh, I, I was so tuned in to uh, to the Lord that uh, he, he just laid it out for me and I just followed along I'd love to tell you that, but that would be wrong. <laughs> uh, we, Jan- Janice and I had strong faith. Um, we knew we were to be together. We knew we, uh, we, we were to be, uh, be putting together a Christian home. Uh, didn't quite know what that looked like. Uh, but frankly, Donnie, what I have found is uh, the Lord often leads you and you don't have a clue mm. what's going on at the time. Uh, in fact, uh, looking back over my career, there have been so many, so many things that uh, I would just uh, never have guessed were part of a plan. Mm. Looking back at this stage of my life, I can see absolutely there's a plan. Uh, there, there was a path and uh, frankly, for the most part, uh, doors were open and we thought it was the thing to do to go through those doors. Uh, and so I think uh, sometimes he takes care of you and you don't even realize it. At least that was our, our situation. That's really, really good wisdom. I've never, I've never heard anyone speak to that because I think when I was within those college years trying to, you know, go into the business world, I struggled with like, okay, there's only one way and it's God's way. But from what I'm hearing is like, we just got to be faithful and obedient and God will take care of us and he will lead us along a path if we are in accordance with scripture, right? Well, that, that is true. And uh, I always had a goal. Uh, like being a high school biology teacher. Uh, at one time, I wanted to be a county extension agent. Uh, I, I wanted to teach in a university. I've always had a go. I've never done any of those things. Yeah. <laughs> I had a direction, uh, 
uh, and, and it was that direction that, that was moving me where he wanted me. But obviously, I, I, I never became a high school teacher. I never became a county agent. Uh, and and as, as time went on, I, I never intended to work for uh, a corporation. Uh, in fact, I wanted to work in the academic setting. I'd planned to get a PhD in, uh, in communication, journalism, and that's, that's what I had focused on and thought I would be spending my life in academia. Mm -hmm. uh, but then uh, my, my next door roommate um, in the office at, at University of Arkansas Extension uh, got a call from, from the, the executive vice president of Rice on Foods, and he said, I want you to come down and, and uh, tell us what we need to do to set up a communication program. And uh, John Philpot, who uh, just ha has taken care of me since we stepped foot in Arkansas, John said, you don't want me, you want the kid next door. Uh. And uh, so here I was at that time, a 26-year-old guy. And uh, frankly, I was well-trained. I had had really good instruction at Wisconsin uh, and, and went to Stuttgart and met with the, the Riceland executives and explained what I understood about, uh, about agricultural communication. There again, when I went to Wisconsin, the only way I got in was uh, a, a student, a prospective student had dropped out. Mm -hmm. And as a result, I got his spot. And uh, when the graduate advisor uh, called to tell me I had a, a spot in the program, he said, you did not mention financial need. And I said, well, I know it's late. I know that's dried up. And he said, actually, the guy that dropped out had a research assistantship. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and if you want it, you can have it. And I said, what's it in? He said, cooperative communication. Well, I, I said, that's exactly what I wanted to study. Fact of the matter is, I didn't have a clue what it was, but it was $4,600 <laughs> in a single year. Wow. And uh, uh, out-of-state tuition was waived. I still had to pay in-state tuition at the time. Uh, when, when I got to Riceland, I found out uh, they're an agricultural cooperative. Mm -hmm. And so here I've, I did research in, in cooperative communication that was absolutely pertinent to Riceland Foods at the time. Some would call that quite a coincidence. Wow. I would call it a setup. Yeah. In fact, the, the executive vice president said, I, I would have never guessed somebody with this background would be in Arkansas. Most of, most of the guys in this program work in the middle, middle part of the country um, in, in the large co-ops of Illinois, Indiana, Nebraska, Wisconsin. Uh, but being a southerner, I wanted to come back where it was warm. And, uh, and that's how we got to, uh, to Riceland Foods. Never planned to work in a in a large corporation. Kai, I'll, I'll let you ask the next question, but I just want to say just how incredible it is to hear God's provision in and through your life and how even within the different seasons of Bill's life, God was prepping Bill for the next, God was prepping Bill for the next season. 
And so, and I know that's been true for my life as well. And so I'll, I'll kick it over to you. I know you had a question. Oh, no, I was just going to say, I think that's a great spot to kind of like wrap up for the, for like this section. I, I think I like, if you just had one recap, like I feel like we've got up to the corporate world into, I guess what I would call, it's probably the wrong way to say it, but the true adulting, like out of school, you know, you're out of Arkansas or out of Arkansas university. And, you know, it's like, so Leading up to adulthood, like, what is just one piece of advice you'd give to, like, a guy that's in school, you know, looking for a job, wanting to make that next step into adulthood, moving out of the university? Like, what, just one faith-centered, like, advice that I'd want to know at 18 that you'd want to know at 18. Like, what would you tell yourself? Oh, that's – I don't know that there can be just one <laughs> because I, I spend a, a lot of time with guys trying to figure that out. Uh, and we do that through a battery of assessments uh, in what I'm doing now. I, I would say, though, look to see how God has put you together. Uh, and when I say that, it's, it's all aspects. Uh, physical is, is the most obvious, but also psychologically, intellectually, uh, skill-wise. What is it? How has God made you? Uh, and that's something we'll talk about a little bit more in depth in the next next uh, session. But uh, that is key. Uh, a young man has to know himself and be very honest about that. And, and once you do that and you recognize that you did not make yourself, God made you and he has a plan for you and he had that plan for you before he made you, uh, when you recognize that, then you can can kind of rest in his leadership as he uh, takes you takes you down the path he wants you to be on. That's incredible stuff. And Bill, thank you for sharing all of that. That's kind of we will conclude with that uh, part one of Bill's story, and kind of part two will transition into Bill's story as he starts at Riceland Foods and then kind of his journey at Riceland Foods. And so. Uh, thank you for listening today. I hope you guys can take away some of the incredible stuff Bill shared with us today. And uh, next part will be uh, Bill's story in corporate world. So thank you for listening. <laughs>